Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. to the wheel of crime podcast my name is jen and my name is emily yes welcome um pretty much as soon as we started recording a fruit fly has decided it wants to land on my face i'll get it eventually how is your Rude. week <laughs> jen um you know what it was it had its ups and downs this week for sure See, I was worried about being flooded out of my home, even though I live on the fourth floor. But I think since then, we got so much rain, like tons and tons and tons of rain. The parking lot was flooded. The roads were flooded. The gutters were flooded. The sewage system, everywhere, flooded. The river, flooded. (laughs) Parks that don't have lakes, they got lakes now. (laughs) sounds disgusting yep all the gravel trails that's grass now (laughs) that's water yep it's water and grass and uh if you're walking that actually um my mom she was recently talking about how like just with how the weather's been going she's been like trying to look for like waterproof running shoes so that she can still take uh take ollie like uh the family dog out for a walk and stuff out on the trails and i'm like i think at this point you need a swimsuit <laughs> like i think we're pa- yeah. i think we're past waterproof shoes just get like thigh high rain boots or just call it quits and put on a swimsuit and take them for a walk or swim or swim our hometown apparently the new uh venice of alberta literally except for there's no stilts and um only and only bicycles or something i don't know we don't have that many bicycles and only rednecks <laughs> literally i know i was like like scrolling through the itinerary of things that were known for in my head and i was like i don't think the water will get rid of most of those things but i do like you do occasionally see people out on the river right now or like the little lakes in the nature parks with like tiny canoes and stuff and i'm like that checks out <laughs> yes steal one of those paddle boats from the local pond <laughs> or um those little giant inflatable hamster balls that you see people use on uh like in places that are much warmer than where we live um that could be fun you take my it hamster wheel to work it would take me a long time but i'd make it eventually that's all that matters really <laughs> right but yeah no uh and that's that's really all i got you know a week is both a long time and not not that long all at the same time but with all the rain, I've just been working from home, and uh, yeah. and yeah, even if it wasn't raining, I'd still be working from home. That's about it. It's true. Uh, shall we get right into our wheel of questions then? Yeah, we should. All right, let's hit it. Does the state of the world ever make you sad? Always. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Same, dude. <laughs> I don't even know, honestly, where to begin. I feel like um, it doesn't really matter what's going on at the time. There's always something to, like, not be happy about, which might be a pessimistic viewpoint. But... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think that, especially in the last five years, there has just been one thing after the other... And it's a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's a lot. And then it's kind of like one thing happens and then it either gets dealt with or it doesn't. And then something else happens and you're like, oh my God, like, will it ever end? And the answer is no. Right? I. It's just, there's so many huge Issues. worlds historic world events happening right now and and most of them are negative that you know you hyper focus on one and it's just like immediately outshone by the next horrible thing that's happening all of a sudden oh yeah like and you're like why does it have to be like this why 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 
Well, and it's like, too, before how I used to deal with, like, negative world events is by trying to outweigh it with more, like, lighthearted news or, like, you know, like, scientific stuff with, like, whatever people are researching and maybe what they've found and all these other things. But even then, I'm not seeing really a ton of things going on. Like, um, the only thing that I've seen that's kind of, like, that was, like, quote-unquote newsworthy, other than all the horrific things that have been happening, is that apparently, uh, like, a few days ago for us now... Um, there was the planetary alignment. I did hear about that. I did hear about it. I didn't hear about uh, it until it already happened. And I was like, dang it, that could have been cool. I don't know if I would have stayed <laughs> up to watch it, though. Thankfully, I heard about it a few days before it happened. But then I was lying in bed on, I think it was Friday night that it happened. And I was like, eh, I'm tired. <laughs> that ended up, sleep. That was basically me, too. And then, uh... It's funny, though, because I didn't really have an idea of what it even was supposed to be. And then it was afterwards, somebody was talking about it, and they are like, yeah, you know how in, like, Disney's Hercules, like, the cartoon one from the 90s, there's, like, that whole thing where the fates are talking about how, like, it's like, and the stars will align, and they're so nice, and then the titans come out of the sea. Like, it's supposed to be, like, that is supposed to be kind of similar to what what it was it's literally like everything going into a line and mm-hmm. then and then maybe the titans came out of the ocean and we missed it i don't know it could have we'll never know we'll we'll see yeah. it in the news in like a week yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> right. all right Lucky well, let's us. spin for our next question <laughs> all right do you know what doom scrolling is no okay it sounds like a video game I wish it was a video game. So basically it's like when you're on social media, like on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and you go down a rabbit hole of just looking at all of the terrible things happening and just keep like getting yourself more and more like reading more and more of that that same terrible news until you feel doom and an overwhelming sense of dread see i don't doom scroll on my phone i doom scroll in my brain (laughs) 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 where i think of one terrible thing and then it leads to something else and now i'm just like panicked and i'm like maybe i'll stay home today uh that's called anxiety emily (laughs) i do I mean, (laughs) that checks out. (laughs) TBH. Yeah. But no, okay, I could see that, though. Especially, like, with kind of what you were saying with what's going on lately and everything. and Or lately, I say, when it's been, like, three years of it now, but. Yes. All right, let's spin for our next one. Have you ever partaken in doom scrolling, or do you partake in it? Are we going to count my anxiety? <laughs> then it would be every day. <laughs> let's, let's partake, or let's uh, let's talk about it in the literal sense <laughs> of scrolling on social media. I've probably done it before. Like, it, like if I'm going to think about it, like, like it's such it's it sounds to me like such an easy thing to fall into. I've probably done it before. I don't think right. I do it all the time, just because, like I said, when I am on social media, I do try to make an active effort to not fall into like these like sad pits of things that are sad but it does happen sometimes yeah i uh definitely doom scroll too much uh it's really hard like i don't know when i because i went to journalism school a few years ago and i got very into like being as up to date on the news as possible so I think I fell into the spiral of constantly like doom scrolling and like looking at all the negative things that were happening. Hmm. And then I tried to like just stop and not do that anymore because it just was too much, you know? Yeah. But this past week especially, uh, <laughs> I've fallen back into it and I, it needs to stop. Well, and that's the thing is like I noticed especially like even if I'm saying like not actively like doom scrolling or acknowledging that I'm doom scrolling like it's so easy to get caught in like a negative mindset and just like look at everything as being like so horrible all the time and horrific and there's nothing good and why would I even leave my house do you even know what kind of people live out there like 
You know, like so easy. Yep. So I am that kind of person too. So I do, like I said, that is why I think I'm a little bit more conscious of it. Because I am one of those people where, like, if I was to doom scroll every day, I would never leave my house. And I already don't leave my house. I don't need more reasons to not leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> All right. I think we got one last question, right? Yeah. All right. Let's spin. All right, let's hear it. Do you think that American politics have any influence on us as Canadians? <clears throat> yes and no. I think in a very indirect sense, but a big part of politics is also kind of like a socio factor. And because we feed into American media so much, I do think that it probably indirectly influences a lot of people's, like, ways of thinking, behavior, the kind of things they believe in, that sort of thing. Um, but not so much in the literal sense, because when American government decides to make a decision, it really is only for the states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. But interestingly, I think that especially, I don't know, maybe maybe not especially now in the last few years, but it feels more prevalent in the last few years since the 2016 election about how involved a lot of Canadians got in that specific election and this previous one in 2020, I think. Because you, it weirdly saw a lot of Albertans rallying around Donald Trump and That's a good point, actually. talking about how this last election was rigged. And I'm like, it doesn't even affect us. It's he's right. not. They're like, oh, this he's not gonna was a fraud. fly over like, to Canada and be like, hello, servants. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the radicalization of America isn't like a full-on impact in Canada, but it definitely drips down into the most radicalized groups here. And then they kind of spread that seed around and we just kind of see the small influences of America here, which I fucking hate. Yeah, no, I could see that. Well, and even like if we're talking about, say, for example, the effect of like when Trump was elected as an example, it wasn't even just Canada, though. Like, I, even, like, I have relatives in, like, Australia or, like, I knew people at the time who had family in Europe and stuff. It was basically the whole world kind of was rallying around the election. So I don't know if it's necessarily a Canada-specific one. I think that proximity plays a really close factor in that. But it's almost that I think with the media, it seems so much more closer to home than what it actually is for a lot of people. For sure. I Yeah, I don't know. I think it feels close to home for us because America has a lot of other influences on us in other ways. Yeah. The I work in the film industry and it's huge how much of our Canadian film industry relies on Americans. The show I'm working on right now is being produced by a huge American company and that's where we get all of our funding from. And that's the case for a lot of these shows in Canada, aside from the small indie productions or from the occasional one-off, but Canada's film industry is so dependent on America and in turn, all of the things that we get, like the television shows and movies and stuff are mostly made by Americans. So I think the influence is definitely there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not even just, I think, even with, say, like, because you work in the film industry, I deal a little bit more with, like, um, manufacturing industry type stuff. And even with manufacturing, like, all of our pivot points for, like, shipping and all that stuff, it's all based out of America. Yeah. It's crazy. So anything that influences it. them and, like, how much they're taxing and all this other stuff directly impacts us. I feel like we as Canadians get fucked by American constantly. <laughs> Literally every day. <laughs> every hour of every day. Constant. <laughs> constant butt-fucking by America. <laughs> truly. Truly. Oh, that's funny. But not funny. Ha-ha. 
It's just funny. <laughs> funny weird. But not funny. Ha ha. Funny weird. <laughs> yep. That's our life. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Welcome to the shit show. All right. I, so here's my guest to your story today. Um, I think that you went down a rabbit hole of shitty things in America and now we're about to talk about it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's hear it. So before I get into the story today, I have a little, a little ranting and talking to do. All right. Okay. So I originally did have a different story prepared for you today. One that was, I mean, this is a crime podcast, so I wouldn't say nicer. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear it in a couple of weeks from now. It's honestly kind of a brutal story. But, um, you know, it would have been, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> I had a different story prepared. It's the moral of the story. Uh, but something happened this past Friday, and I don't know how closely you follow the news, M. So do you know what happened? I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade. Correct. I've been seeing lots and lots of stuff about that. And yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been doom scrolling. About everything that sucks in the world okay, now <laughs> pertaining I'm un- to women's rights. Now yes. I'm understanding that, Kate, because I was this close to falling down that rabbit hole. But every time, because the last time something like this came up, I believe, um, what was it, like two years? You're probably going to tell me. But I feel like two years ago they were talking about overturning it again. And I went down this rabbit hole of, like, you know, like, all these reasons on why they would be doing it. And the amount of, like, like manipulation and control behind, like... Something like that. I was like, this is hella depressing. And today I feel like livestock. So I didn't want to go back to doing that again. Yep. Uh-huh. So uh, on Friday, June 24th, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion ruling. And while it doesn't like necessarily directly impact us as Canadians, it's brought up a lot of conversations around access to abortion in Canada and the rhetoric around this conversation is concerning and very upsetting, to say the least, especially considering we have something like 70 MLAs in Canada who are actively anti-abortion and pro-life and yeah. are trying to get our access to abortion stripped away in Canada. Mm-hmm. Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I love that for us. Yeah, no, I could see where you're coming from with that. And and yeah, no, it, it is really spooky, though, especially because, like, I, I again, I, th- I feel like you're going to get a little bit more into this. But, like, um, just the impact it leaves or, like, the situations it leaves people in and knowing that heaven forbid I have a health complication that I might need to go to the hospital for that's in relation to a pregnancy because you could be considered a criminal over something that you can't even control. So literally i hate it well you see obviously i have magical powers you know so i can just decide to do what like just magically be like body eject fetus and then it does it so that makes me a murderer right yeah exactly you know obviously it makes total sense to me so i'll start today by giving you a brief history on roe v wade in case there's anyone out there listening who doesn't know what it's all about Roe v. Wade was a landmark decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose and to have an abortion. The case was brought by Norma McCorvey, known by the legal pseudonym Jane Roe, who in 1969 became pregnant with her third child. Norma wanted an abortion, but lived in Texas, where abortion was illegal except when necessary to save the mother's life. Her attorneys, Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey, filed a lawsuit on her behalf in the U.S. federal court against her local district attorney, Henry Wade, alleging that Texas's abortion laws were unconstitutional. A three-judge panel of U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas ruled in her favor and declared the relevant Texas abortion statutes unconstitutional. On January 22, 1973, the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 decision holding that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy which protects a pregnant woman's right to an abortion. Now, there were conditions on the rights between the three to six month 
a landmark of being pregnant. But that's basically the historic case in a nutshell. If you're interested, you should definitely learn more about it. But today, for my story, I'm going to tell you something upsetting about what happens when we decide to deny women rights to their own reproductive health and what can happen to women when states, countries, whoever decides to make a woman's right to choose illegal or heavily restricts it. So, today, let's talk about Lizella Haria. She's a 26-year-old woman from the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. Lizella was arrested on April 7th, 2022 for an alleged self-induced abortion that occurred in January of 2022. Now, People are still trying to untangle this case because some of the details are a bit unclear about why and how this all came to be. However, one of the most alarming early details that emerged was a likelihood that a healthcare provider reported Lizella to law enforcement. Hmm. I like how uh, somehow your medical privacy becomes irrelevant if people decide that they don't want it to be personal anymore. Yep. So according to a later press release, it was confirmed that Lizella was investigated because of an incident reported by a hospital to the Star County Sheriff's Department. It's a bit unclear where the incident took place. However, there's only one hospital in that county located in that city. So I guess it's not really that unclear. (laughs) You know? I feel like that's, we can all maybe use our little brains. I have one brain cell that me and Emily share. Yeah. And when, we can figure it out. So, so when, can you. When it bounces between the two of us, I know that one plus one usually equals two. And uh, I think that's, ba- <laughs> that's basically what we've got here. Yeah, exactly. Rocky Gonzalez, the founder of the Frontera Fund, said during a press conference that advocates have a fine line to walk between stigmatizing and demonizing any healthcare worker who potentially made a report and protecting them from the pressures of law that may have made them feel obligated to report. So, um, when news of Lizelle's arrest began to make the rounds on social media on April 8th, many members of the public were outraged that a healthcare provider may have reported a woman to law enforcement in what they presumed to be a violation of HIPAA, which is the, like, basically what doctors and healthcare workers are forced to follow in order to It's like, it's a code of conduct from what I remember, because, um, I believe if you even work as like a therapist, like they also abide by HIPAA, which is literally like if your patient discloses information to you, that is between the healthcare provider and the patient and nobody else. Exactly. Except for in the case, I know there's like one exception where it's like, if it has to directly relate to like, say them taking their own life, I think there's like something there where they can like like talk to other people about it and they, it wouldn't be considered a violation but if you are not a hazard to yourself or others like they cannot disclose that information yeah so farah diaz tello who's a senior counsel and legal director of if when how lawyering for reproductive justice told prism hipaa provides expectations for the reporting of crimes not something a provider thinks is a crime because Lazara didn't commit a crime little he said quote little information is publicly available about the incident itself or how or why confidentiality was broken but we do know enough to say that whatever she told the healthcare provider led them to turn her over to law enforcement based on the law however there was actually no reason for them to report her despite widespread belief to the contrary self-managed abortion is not or was not illegal in texas at the time it is now thanks to this uh roe v wade being overturned but we'll get there nor in the vast majority of other states on March 30th, the Star County Clerk's Office indicted Lizelle, alleging that she intentionally and knowingly caused the death of an individual through induced abortion. Her bail was set at half a million dollars. That's more than some of these fucking serial killers that I talk about. I was about to say, like, so we're treating somebody who 
like, was pregnant for, you know, like, who, who, like, within those nine months, who even cares about, like, any of those details, right? But, um, as if they're more of a criminal than, like, serial killers. Like, people who seek out and actively hunt other people. That's horrific. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, in order to be charged with murder, which is what she was charged with, a grand jury, a judge, and a prosecutor would have had to sign off on the indictment, signaling that they were all willing to severely punish and incarcerate a woman for her pregnancy outcome. When, mind you, this was not illegal at the time. It was not even illegal. What are we doing? What are we doing? Literally, what are we fucking doing? What are we doing? Like, like, here's my thing. So I have such a hard time sometimes with, like, with understanding stuff like this. Because I don't understand how somebody can sit there and be like, yeah, this child that is not born yet. Because at that point, so here's the thing. If you're, if the fetus cannot survive without physically being attached to the mother... At that point, when do you consider to be an individual? Yeah. An individual says that it's being self-sufficient. So you're sitting there and you're saying, this this fetus, this baby, this whatever you want to call it, who is unborn, has more rights than the women who's carrying it, and also more rights than any person who's been born, who had their life forcibly taken from them. Mm-hmm. So it's much to unpack. So... But how can people sit there and be like, yeah, this is what I, this is what I believe in? Like, how, how do you sit there and say that? I genuinely have no idea. It's very confusing to me. But the abortion fund based in Texas's Rio Grande Valley immediately rallied to Lizelle's defense when news of her arrest went public. According to advocates, it was clear from the beginning that Lizelle's case was full of holes. The indictment was very skimpy on details, which is a red flag for whatever due process was executed leading up to her arrest and charges. Uh, and that was a quote from Zenea Zamora, the, who is the executive director of the Frontera Fund. Days after Lizelle's arrest had become a national story, the murder charge was dropped. Oh, weird, you know, just because they're getting a little bit of heat. They dropped the charge that was based on nothing illegal. Almost like they knew that she didn't murder anybody. (laughs) Almost. Almost. Almost like they knew that she couldn't, that they couldn't prove that she murdered somebody because it's not like she went after herself with like a gun and a knife. In a public statement, Star County District's attorney, Gocha Allen Ramirez, acknowledged that she had committed no crime, obviously. Then they release a statement and it reads as follows. Yesterday afternoon, I reached out to the council for Miss Lirez Herrera to advise him that my office will be filing a motion dismissing the indictment against Mrs. Herrera, Monday, April 11th, 2022. In reviewing applicable Texas law, it is clear that Miss Herrera cannot and should not be prosecuted for the allegation against her. In reviewing this case, it is clear that the Star County Sheriff's Department did did their duty in investigating the incident brought to their attention by reporting hospital. To ignore the incident would have been a derelication of their duty. Prosecuting discretion rests with the district attorney's office, and in the state of Texas, a prosecutor's oath is to do justice. Following that oath, the only correct outcome to this matter is to immediately dismiss the indictment against Ms. Herrera. Although with this dismissal, Ms. Herrera will not face prosecution for this incident, it is clear to me that the events leading up to this indictment have taken a toll on Ms. Herrera and her family. To ignore this fact would be short-sighted. The issues surrounding this matter are clearly contentious. However, based on Texas law and the facts presented, it is not a criminal matter. Going forward, my office will continue to communicate with counsel for Ms. Herrera in order to bring this matter to a close. It is my hope that with the dismissal of this case, it is made clear that Ms. Herrera did not commit a criminal act under the laws of the state of Texas. 
According to reports by the Texas Tribune, it was local activists who were the most responsible for freeing Lazella. A coalition of reproductive rights grassroots organizations quickly mobilized to raise money to post her bail and set up a legal defense fund. They also orchestrated a phone campaign to bombard the district attorneys and sheriffs with calls demanding her release. So if these activist organizations hadn't been there to support her, she might be in a very different place right now. Oh, absolutely. And that place would probably be jail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, another weird detail about this case is that Lizella's husband, um, Ismael Herrera, filed a divorce petition on April 7th, which was the same day as her arrest. And according to court documents, they married in 2015 when she was 19 years old. And stopped living together on or about January 1st, which if you remember in January 2022 was when the alleged um, abortion happened. And the separation occurred. So the separation did occur less than a week before that abortion described, which was described in her indictment. The couple have two sons, according to the records. And the weird part is that he is being represented by a prosecutor in the district attorney's office, which is raising questions about potential conflict of interest and also raises a question about what his part in this situation is. Hmm. Well, I would say that if he has a representative from the district attorney's office, that's not a question of if it's a conflict of interest. That is a conflict of conflict of interest. Number one. Yeah. And number two, um, usually I find with like when we cover cases, just in general, if people are overly involved in a situation that realistically doesn't directly involve them it usually means that they either are more involved in what they're willing to let on or there's some guilt involved. Yeah. Just I saying. would agree with you. Not pointing we fingers, don't know. but... So, yeah. In a statement issued after her arrest, District Attorney Gotcha Ellen Ramirez acknowledged uh, her the events taking a toll on her and Ross Barrera, a community organizer and former chairman of the star County Republican party said abortion is rarely discussed in public forums in the heavily democratic County. He described district attorney gotcha Alan Ramirez as a hardcore Democrat and how he simply made a misstep in Lizella's case because he was relatively new to the position. He said, quote, I think his, office just failed in doing their work i would put my hand on a bible and say it was not a political statement however i personally have a really hard time believing that it was considering the political climate of texas and the fact that they had been actively working towards anti-abortion laws was not an influencing factor it's just like very very sus and but if it actually was a mistake i think It's just such a colossal fuck up, you know? Well, and too, like, I think this is also, like, in, like, this situation where there's so many, like, lack of details and actually fulfilling a case and, like, a lot of people who are, like, weirdly on board with, like, this particular thing, especially with a lack of evidence. um, Usually, to me, that points more to rather than people making decisions the way they're supposed to, which is, you know, like, taking the facts as they are and leaving your personal beliefs out of it that this was definitely something where somebody took their own personal beliefs many people took their own personal beliefs and input it into a situation where like you're you're disregarding facts that's ju- that's just how it is i know and i just want to say just because he's democratic like he's a democrat versus a republican does not mean he like is automatically pro-choice we don't know where he stands on that so it's kind of a bullshit excuse to be like oh well he's a democrat so there's no way it was a political move uh, right. i'm sorry and, and also people have opinions outside of their political standing that and and that's just how it is i know it's just i hate it fuck i hate it so fucking much well because it all sounds like just a bunch of excuses to cover for somebody that's that's what it sounds yeah. like to me yeah So, Lizelle is free now, thankfully, but a lot of questions and concerns still remain. For starters, it's still unclear what law Lizelle was accused of breaking in the first place. 
though Texas had recently at the time passed one of the most restrictive anti-abortion laws in the country, which is the Texas Heartbeat Heartbeat Act, it didn't criminalize abortions. And it's worrisome that the hospital staff uh, reported her to authorities, which is a massive breach of trust and potentially of HIPAA. So we don't love that. Um, And I'll just quickly point out also that uh, Texas was one of the states that had trigger laws. Do you know what those are? No, I don't. So basically what a trigger law is, is there was quite a few states who put into place laws so that if Roe v. Wade was ever overturned, the moment that it was overturned, abortion became illegal. Instantly. Yes. Instantly. What would even be the point of doing something like that, though? Because a lot of Republicans had been fighting to get rid of Roe v. Wade for years. And Texas was one of the states that did not want abortion. So they were actively fighting against it. And because of Donald Trump's presidency, he was able to put in people into the Supreme Court who could overturn Roe v. Wade and did, as it turns out. So those states were preparing for the day that it was overturned so that instantaneously people would lose access in those states. Okay, but so many people are going to die too. Like, here's my thing. So I have always had the standpoint that I think that medical, political, and religion... Those three things should never intersect in any capacity. Agreed. And when you do something like this, like, I've already seen so many things on the internet, so, like, I know that these conversations have already been had. But, like, I can't even imagine being... So, as a woman, I already have to identify with a lot of these things. Um, But, like, to be in the situation where you are pregnant and you are and you want the child and something happens say you have like a partial miscarriage and your body is turning septic because you have like you know things that's not that haven't been filtered out properly or whatever right like it's not viable like nothing's coming out of it but you can still be arrested for it because you might not even have a living child anymore and they would rather you die then take then treat you as a medical professional they would rather you die than abort a pregnancy that isn't viable exactly exactly and then the only thing that it does is like so and then too with just again with like a lot of the things that you see how is this a solution in the first place it's like okay you feel so passionately about like women not being able to terminate their pregnancies okay Then these babies are born and nobody gives a shit about them. Mm -hmm. So it's not at all about the babies. No, it's it's about 100% about like not letting women choose what, what to do with the baby. And it, it, you can tell too, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a little rant here, but you can tell too that a lot of these ideas on like what women should do with their body come from a man, a man's perspective because they're thinking, I do not want women, like my woman, women I know, I do not want them to choose whether or not they have a baby because what if it's mine? And they're just going to take that baby from me. It's all about possession. And it's about control. Mm-hmm. It's 100% about policing women's bodily autonomy. And it has nothing to do with the children because they're actively defunding welfare, food stamps, health care mm-hmm. so <laughs> you it's, want it's these just another thing. women it's just another way to put women down it's a way of being like we are punishing you by making it so that you don't get to choose what happens to you because most like most not saying most women but like a lot of people they like pregnancy just happens like some people are actively choosing it but a lot of the time it's just it just ends up being a situation that happens from you being with somebody. Or they're raped, or it's the result exactly. of incest, or like whatever. Like, and lot like, no matter how you slice it, it happens. And then what you're doing is you're saying that, that you don't believe women are trustworthy enough to make decisions in their own best interests, or their child's best interests, to mm-hmm. deal with it as 
they as they want to and like the other argument too that i've heard from like even just like men whether it be on the internet or whatever the deal is um is that they're like well the deal is that women shouldn't be using abortion as birth control women don't or at least anybody i know who's ever like like had to have an abortion or anything like that they don't use it as a form of birth control it's highly invasive like, it's painful. Why would anybody do that? If, like, a woman is using birth control, there are ulterior methods. Nobody's using that as, like, their form of birth control. Right. And y- you know what? Even if they are, you know, there's, I think, a bigger question around it. Like, why are they using it for birth control? Is it right. because contraceptives are not available to them? Is it, is it because, because they're, they're in poverty? T- is it because like, they're too young? Mm. Right? That is, is it because they mean, weren't though? educated about their bodies and we are doing a bad job in our school system of giving them that vital information exactly. so they don't have to make these choices? Well, then it becomes a question of education, right? Like, it's like, like, even, like, just backtracking a little bit with what I was saying with, like, what, like, what men's opinions are about it. It's like, okay, so say that is your problem, then why are you addressing how like why that is the case for these people why aren't you finding these people who say that is how they're choosing to deal with it and figuring out why is it a situation of not being able to afford it like you don't know you're just going and saying well these women are selfish and they don't know what they're doing and they're murdering people because that's the that's the place that you have to take in your brain to rationalize why you think it's okay no everybody knows that's not okay exactly and statistically in countries where abortion is legal and accessible, the abortion rates go down, not up. Because in most of those countries, education around abortion and around our sexual health is more present, which obviously makes a difference. Like, duh. Or even like, so also it's like, okay, so... Um, say you're a woman and you get pregnant and people are like, well, you have to have the baby because it's illegal to not have the baby. But say you really don't want the baby. So then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to give the baby up for adoption. I'm going to do these different things. Not everybody can qualify to have their baby be adopted out. It depends on where you are, the situation, what's going on, who you work with. Lots of things can happen. So then it's like, okay, so say you have this child and then all of a sudden it's not like the men are being like have to stay at home and aren't able to work and do all these other things it's the women so now all of a sudden you have a bunch of women with babies they don't want who are stuck at home and not able to achieve anything beyond being stuck at home because it's about control exactly exactly and also adopting out is not always necessarily a great option no F- the foster care system is so fucked well, i'm sure you know full. because there's so you... many people already in the foster system and abortion and like where we are in canada abortions are legal like if the well fo- they're not legal system, it's just well, decriminalized yeah decriminalized but like still in that situation though you're still ending up with flooding foster care systems kind of like what you're saying with my own experience i have Members of my family who've adopted people from the foster care system who take care of children from the foster care system. There are so many of them. So, so mm-hmm. many of them. And there's not enough people out there who want to look after them. Or should. Or I think should. that's a key, a key factor is just because these kids are in the foster care system does not mean they're being taken care of. Or that they're being treated properly, a lot of times it leads to neglect and abuse. Mm-hmm. And who who is that good for? Literally no one. Uh, yeah, Literally exactly. no one. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, so with my family and like being able to meet all these people who have been in the foster care system or like being a child like who spends time with other children who've been in the foster care system, every single person I have met or spoken with who's been a part of my family, who hasn't been, has a history of abuse with somebody. With a family that took them in. Every single one of them. There is not a single person that I talk to who's like, yeah, no, like, everybody's been great and blah, 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 blah. Not one of them. Not a single one. And you know how many, like, foster kids my, my, like, my one relative's had? 
in her lifetime over 30. And that's one family. That's insane. Right? And then it's like, if you do the math on that, it's like, okay, so why are we subjecting children to this? Like, what is the point? What is the point of doing all this? (sighs) I have no idea. But I'll wrap up our story. Um, Because... um, I just want to say that while people may think that incidents like Lizella's are one-offs, they just aren't. The shit is happening with a concerning frequency. There was a 21-year-old woman in Oklahoma named Brittany Poulet who was convicted of manslaughter. Convicted, I will say, in October 2021 for her miscarriage. And according to the National Advocates for Pregnant Women's Tracking, there were 413 such cases across the United States from 1973 to 2005. And between 2006 to 2020, the number jumped more than to more than 1,200 cases nationally, which was a threefold increase. And this was before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah, this is all depressing. <laughs> But yeah, that's it for my story today. I just want to end off by saying that a woman's right to choose is something that we as a society really need to protect. And it honestly just really riles me up that we're putting women and girls in these vulnerable positions. And I think that regardless of your personal stance on abortion, we can all agree that the ramifications of taking away these basic rights is just plain unjust and wrong. Any final thoughts, Em? Uh, just one. So the other thing too is like, I feel, so I feel from conversations that I ha- that I've had with women, most women understand, like, if you have the right to choose, it means to choose what's best for yourself. And that's mm-hmm. important because being a woman still makes you a human being and a person who deserves respect and rights and trust. And when we pass laws like this, what people are saying is we are taking the male perspective and making it all about them and how they feel about the situation. And that's just not the truth. And honestly, if you are not a, a, a person who has a uterus or who cannot bear children, then maybe you should just shut the fuck up on this issue and not make I, laws. I'm not taking it to court saying that I believe every man should get a vasectomy and then trying to force them all to get vasectomies. Exactly. Nobody's doing that. So why would you force that on anybody else? Exactly. And I I saw this amazing TikTok uh, earlier today and it was, it's, I'll end with this analogy that she gave. She's like, you know, if you have a child and they're five years old or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And they're dying from some disease and they need like a kidney transplant or blood transfer or whatever. You as a mother have the right to say, no, I'm not giving up my kidney for that person. Mm -hmm. And that is your choice. That is bodily autonomy. And by saying to a pregnant woman that you have to give birth, you're taking away their bodily autonomy. And it is fucking wrong <laughs> right because at that point you were treating the woman not as a woman or a human or a person but as a vessel for a human exactly we are not breeding machines we are not here to give birth and shut up and then clean it's your just... house and die someday yeah like literally if you think that fuck you i'm serious like seriously fuck you oh yeah no because i i will be strangling you just saying but no um and then it's not even just that either it's that like like in all honesty if the fetus baby however you choose to um identify what happens during pregnancy if they cannot survive without physically being attached to the mother she still has rights Mm Hmm. that's just a fact She still has the capabilities to make decisions. If the baby, fetus, whoever is separated from the mother and they die, that is not her responsibility. No, it's not. And that's just how it is. And we'll end there today because I could rant for hours about how angry this makes me. (laughs) Oh, I believe it. And yeah, no, but that that was my last thought. It's just I feel like when people make decisions like this, it is... 
selfish. It's an implication of saying that your belief system is better than everybody else's. It's saying that you don't really give a shit what happens to other people as long as what you believe is the truth. And all I can say is for people who decide to, you know, like, for the people responsible for making those types of decisions, I really hope you have challenges in your life that make you understand why we have things like Roe versus Wade in the first place. Exactly. Just saying. Snaps to that. Karma karma in the universe i believe in it and i think i think this is just one of those things where the tables will and table. it's and it's common for those people who overturn roe v wade and anyone who was seen celebrating outside of the supreme court when it happened literally fuck all of you uh i hope you're get a flat tire or something very inconvenient i want you to have three flat tires week. and have to pay for all of them exactly and then i hope, then no I hope insurance. That at the tire shop they don't even have your size Yes, yeah, so then you have to order them in, and then you have to figure out a rental car, and you have to deal with your insurance. <laughs> I hope it's so inconvenient for you. <laughs> Every day for the rest of your life. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, too, I could talk about this for a while. But for now, that's all I got. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, you can leave us a review on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to, the, listen to wherever podcasts are. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Besides that, um, we do also have a Patreon if you would like to donate to the show. Um, We do have rewards for the different tiers if you'd like to partake in that. Uh, We also have a website, which is at www.wheelofcrime.com if you want to check us out there. Um, We also have social media, which is at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok if you want to check in with us there. And besides that, uh, if you want to email us um, just with anything you want to say, our email is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. That's all for our depressing show today. We'll see you all next week for hopefully a more cheery crime. You never know. Yeah. (laughs) We will see what I can come up with. It'll be a good one. If if crimes can be cheery, Emily will figure out a way to do it. that those do be facts yep (laughs) all right bye bye